You're listening to the PMO Strategies Podcast, where PMO leaders become impact drivers. This is episode 70. Hey there, impact drivers. Welcome to the PMO Strategies Podcast. I am your host, Laura Bernard. And today we are going to talk about some things you can do to get your PMO back on track quickly if things are not going so well. Now, some of you might be thinking, I don't need this episode. I have everything going exactly the way it's supposed to be for my PMO. And let's just make sure it stays that way because sometimes we don't realize that the things we think are going really well may not be in the eyes of our stakeholders. So last week we talked about some mistakes that I see PMO leaders making. And today I'm gonna talk about some fast fix solutions to course correct if your PMO is headed off track, if you're not getting the buy-in and support you need from your stakeholders, or if things just aren't going as smoothly as you'd like. This is also great for anyone that is looking at preparing for 2021 and what they should be doing for their PMO into the future because some of these course corrections I'm gonna recommend actually work even if your PMO is on track, but just not getting stellar results. So we'll talk about that a little bit today as well. Now, if you are feeling a little overwhelmed, a little stressed, a little exhausted, maybe even feeling a little unsupported or unappreciated in your organization, especially right now with the kind of year we've had, you are not alone. Many of my students come to me in that position. They've either been reassigned to take over PMO that was struggling, or they're setting their PMO up from the start, and maybe a PMO hasn't really been successful there in the past, or they have stakeholders that aren't really understanding or appreciating what the heck you're trying to do with this PMO anyway. And all of them find solutions in the training that I provide and in the support that I'm going to give you a taste of here today. And if you do want to dive deeper on this, I do have a free masterclass training called How to Rescue Your PMO Fast. I'm going to give you a little bit of a taste of that here with some of the ideas on things that you can do. And if any of it is sounding like something you want to learn how to implement and dive deeper on, just head over to pmostrategies.com forward slash rescue to learn more about that free training and other resources I have to support you on this journey. Okay. Let's dive into a few symptoms you might be experiencing and not really understanding how much your PMO could use some rescuing. All right, if your executives don't engage with your PMO, meaning they don't attend any of the meetings you invite them to, they don't really understand the role that you guys are playing, they haven't really asked a lot of questions, they aren't really participating in the development process of your PMO, or it takes weeks for you to get on their calendar to get them to make a decision to keep your PMO and your project teams moving forward, you may have a problem. If business leaders in your organization see project management as admin work, if your project managers are invited to meetings so that they can take notes and that's about where it ends, if you are not included in any of the big decisions that are happening in the organization around strategy delivery or where and how work is getting done, you might have a problem. If staff go running when the PMO comes around, (laughs) then you might have a problem. And my dear friend Lee Lambert 
talks about the PMO as Gestapo. If your PMO is treated like the Gestapo, or if you're acting like it, meaning you have a ton of rules and structure and process, and the process wins the day versus actually achieving the outcomes, then you might have a problem. Now, I'm telling you these things, but you may not realize that you have this problem. And so we're gonna do a little bit of self-analysis and diagnosis here as we go through some of these examples to see if that might be something that's going on. And just keep in mind how you see the work that you're doing and how others are receiving it could be very different. Now, what if you're in a situation where people don't want to follow the PMO process? By the way, if they're calling it the PMO process, that's a problem right there. If you're having trouble getting executive buy-in or funding, if you don't know how you're going to be able to support all the projects that need to get supported the way that you feel they need to get supported and your business leaders just don't get it and they are funding other things over your PMO and you're just not able to deliver on the promises that you've had to make, you could have a problem. Also, projects consistently underperforming. Whether the projects are managed by you directly or not, if you have projects that are underperforming in your organization, at least a part of your organization is looking for you to solve that problem, even if they don't report to you. Bad project performance will reflect poorly on a PMO as long as they exist in the same organization, even if they don't have direct responsibilities. So that's something we're going to need to talk about as well. What about this scenario? Now, this happened to me for sure when I was inside an organization. I was going to work for a big organization that required 16 interviews and a psych evaluation just to get through the door. So this is clearly an organization that was risk adverse and really heavily weighted relationships at the top. And part of their integration strategy was to have me come in as a PMO leader, which by the way, I had no idea how broken things were when I got there, but certainly there was a lot that needed fixing. And they said, on top of all of your responsibilities, building this PMO, integrating this team of program managers, getting an entire portfolio of programs off the ground and running better than they are today, how about you manage a huge program too? That's right. I looked at them like they were crazy, but they seriously wanted me to manage an entire huge program on top of running my day-to-day responsibilities of the PMO. And this was a terrible mistake. Fortunately, I was quickly able to show them how much work I had in front of me just to get the PMO up and running properly and to get programs back on track and integrate this team of program managers. So I was able to redirect their energy, but that's something that's really common. Many of the students in my Impact Engine PMO training and coaching program are PMO leaders of one. They either work in small organizations or they're just the first person that got hired to build and run this PMO and eventually more resources will get added along the way or not. And oftentimes in those situations, they'll still try to have that PMO leader manage projects too. And so these students that come into my program that way, I help give them guidance and suggestions and ways to really leverage other people in the organization to help get work done so it's not falling all on their shoulders because that's really common. And of course, there are other ones that your executives are gonna say, like projects are taking too long, they're costing too much, the return on investment for the projects needs to be better than what it is. Or here's one of my favorites, give us tools and process, But don't make us do any extra work, because if you do, we're definitely going to be following our own process and going around you the whole time. 
Okay, so maybe they don't actually say that, but that's certainly how they act, right? Now, whether you're setting your POMO up for the first time and you just want to make sure that you proactively avoid any of these problems, or you just want to get your PMO back on track, here's some of those suggestions on ways that you can remove obstacles to PMO success and accelerate the impact you're making your organization quickly. Okay, now, if you're just getting started, you're feeling overwhelmed, or you're not really sure where to begin, this is where I have my students start. After they go through the foundation work and the mindset work and the things that must be changed before we start doing the doing, they go into what I call assessing the organization for impact opportunities. Now, the goal with this part of the process, this is module two in my Impact Engine PMO training program. The goal of this process is to become invaluable. To do that, you've got to understand the places where you can provide value quickly and solve their problem. You've got to talk to all of your stakeholders, talk to all of the business leaders that are interacting with your PMO. You've got to talk to the people that are doing the project work and figure out where the pain points are and where your opportunities are to make changes quickly. And sometimes we have a tendency to skip this step. PMO leaders all the time, especially ones that come to me for rescue help, especially ones where the business leaders called me in to get the PMO back on track. Almost every time if the PMO exists and it's struggling, it's because the PMO leader is not really taking a big step back and figuring out where the opportunities are that the business leaders, that the stakeholders, that the project managers have identified as needing help. Usually they'll come in and say, you know what? I know the medicine you need to take. Here's what the PMO is supposed to do. I did it this way at another organization, or I read this book. And now I know what the PMO is supposed to do. So don't worry about what you think needs to happen. Let me tell you what's going to happen. And that is a huge, huge mistake. And frankly, I made that mistake. Not my first time, because my first time in 1999, when I built a PMO, I had no idea what I was doing. So I was actually listening to my stakeholders and saying, okay, well, what problems are we trying to solve? But after building a PMO a few times, I remember thinking, I got this. I know what they need. I'm the expert now. I've done this several times. I've had some big successes. I'm going to go in and tell them what they need as opposed to listening. And it's a huge mistake because even if you're right, and you probably are, it doesn't matter. Because until you solve the problems they see as problems, what you want to get to doesn't matter. They have to know you, like you, and trust you before they're going to listen to anything that you have to say. And you build that trust and you build that credibility by helping them solve a problem that they've identified. So that's the first thing that we look at is assessing the organization for impact opportunities. And in my training program, for example, the Deep Dive Impact Engine PMO, there's nine different lessons in that module of different aspects we need to look at from what your PMO is currently doing or what any PMO-like functions in the organization are doing to your business leaders, your other stakeholders, the culture of the organization. There's so many different parts of this. And if you skip any one of those in there could have been a gold nugget of an opportunity for something to fix, as well as the dangers that could totally destroy your PMO. So it's incredibly important you assess the organization for those impact opportunities. And I talk more about this 
back in episode 20 of the PMO Strategies podcast. So you can go to pmostrategies.com forward slash 020. Or if you're listening to this on your favorite podcast player, just go back to episode 20 and you can hear more specifics on what to do to assess the organization for impact opportunities. And of course, you can also go to pmostrategies.com forward slash rescue, where I walk you through how to actually do some of the suggestions that I am making for you today. That's completely free to go to pmostrategies.com forward slash rescue, or just listen to episode 20 to at least get some deep dive on the assessing your organization for impact opportunities step in that PMO program. Okay, so what's next? If you're hearing projects are taking too long, they're costing too much, we have constant resource constraints. The second thing you wanna look at is resetting the portfolio to get to outcomes faster. Now, if your PMO is not doing some sort of portfolio management, I think you are missing an incredible opportunity to clearly connect the strategy of the organization to the outcomes your PMO is helping the organization achieve. Every PMO should have some kind of portfolio management capability going on, and it does not have to be complicated, but it's an opportunity for you to earn your seat at the table quickly. And if you have learned nothing from 2020 until now, this is the biggest thing that I want you to take away with 2020. It is an incredible opportunity for PMO leaders to earn and keep their seat at the table by being able to answer the critical questions that our business leaders are asking in a state of chaos, in a state of change. And that is things like, what if I have to shut this project down? What if I need to move resources? What if we need to put some of our contracts on hold? All of these what if scenarios, the portfolio can help you get decisions on that stuff faster. And, you know, we don't have to get into automation or any of the other tools. This can simply be done. And in fact, when I go into my clients, I never let them do tool first. We start with a whiteboard, an Excel spreadsheet. I don't care if you're doing it on a napkin. The goal is to have a list of the projects everyone's working on, who's working on those projects, and how are they doing? Basic, basic things can be a starting point. You don't need a million dollars of budget on a tool that's going to get customized like crazy and not fit your solution. What you need is a very simple process for identifying, prioritizing, and monitoring the delivery of projects and measuring their impact, the outcomes they're helping the organization achieve. You can do that very simply. Of course, tools do come into play here once you get things moving and you know the solutions you want to provide. Once you're clear and have identified the requirements for your services by, you know, putting some basic stuff together, then you can talk about automation. And I highly recommend you do. And we have tons of tool recommendations inside our community to help you make decisions on the kinds of tools you want. And if you're not familiar with our community, you can just go to pmostrategies.com and click on community. It is a community we've set up for free for PMO leaders, project leaders to find free resources, training, and collaborate with each other. So you can just check that out at any time for free and you'll see the recommendations we have on some tool providers. But don't start there (laughs) if you haven't figured that out yet. I don't want you to start there. I want you to start with some basics. And if you do have a portfolio in place, your job is going to be to figure out how to accelerate impact. How do you make projects move faster? That's right. We need to create a frictionless environment for project delivery with a very deliberate focus on outcomes that the projects are going to create. So 
If you are not clearly connecting the strategy, the projects over to the return on investment they're creating for the organization, this is a really good place to start. Because when you have that portfolio view, you can help them with project prioritization. You can stagger projects so that they're not all starting at the beginning of the year and then everyone's got multitasking syndrome and nothing's actually getting done. You can create singular focus on actual delivery of individual projects. You can better allocate resources. You can better and more clearly identify where the problems are. So many ways that having a portfolio perspective can be helpful. And if you have portfolio management in place right now and you're struggling to get projects done, then you have one of a few problems. Either you have too many projects happening at one time, you have resources spread too thinly, you have 45 different metrics that you're using to evaluate project performance, and you're probably not doing enough to evaluate actual return on investment. If you've got problems with throughput, then it's probably in your portfolio and the way you're managing and governing it and making decisions. So these can be some really fast fixes. Again, I go through some details on how to do some of this on the webinar, pmostrategies.com forward slash rescue. But let's keep moving because I want to give you a few ideas to spark some thoughts in your mind of things that you could do right now, right away. And then we can work together through that program, the free training to implement some of those ideas. But your goal is to use the portfolio as a mechanism for driving strategy delivery. And that can help make sure that the PMO impact is super clear. Okay, another problem I see is going around the process. You'll have project team members or stakeholders that are going around the PMO process. There's a lot of creating versus delivering coming from the PMO, meaning you're creating a lot of deliverables, but maybe in a lot of delivery isn't happening or stakeholders are completely overwhelmed. Now, if you see any of those symptoms, you might need to shift the focus from processes to solutions. And what do I mean by that? When the PMO gets really caught up in how many deliverables we're creating and we start measuring the numbers, like we have 65 projects, we have 14 project managers, we have 62 templates, we have 13 steps in this process. When we measure ourselves that way and evaluate our performance based on the numbers of outputs we're creating, we can lose sight of creating outcomes. So I want you to reevaluate how you think about the PMO and the services and the capabilities that it delivers so that you can truly align with what people care about. We want to be thinking about ourselves as a service organization and make sure we're delivering those right services based on that assessment work, as opposed to being super, super focused on how many deliverables we're creating. Nobody cares about how many templates you have, but everybody cares if you're making their lives easier. So you want to do that. Okay, here's some other symptoms you wanna be on the lookout for. Maybe you have a lack of engagement and support in the organization. Maybe how people think about and talk about the PMO is inconsistent, or you might have to justify the existence of your PMO. Now, that is all symptoms of a problem that you don't have a very clear brand of your PMO. And that's something that's got to be fixed quickly because if you don't own the brand of your PMO, others will. And that means you could have a clear breakdown in what you're actually responsible for delivering and what people want you to be responsible for delivering. When that breakdown happens, 
You can't make your impact real in the organization. Nobody really understands what you do. And that can be a big problem. So your goal is to show and tell the PMO connection to strategy and share that story of the outcomes you're creating and you're supporting to be created in the organization, not just the outputs. If people think of templates, tools, and process when they think of your PMO, you are doing it wrong. Let me say that again to be super, super clear. If when people think about the PMO, they think templates, tools, and process, then you are doing your PMO wrong. They should be thinking about how you're making their lives easier, how you're helping the organization deliver on strategy. They should see you as a solution to their problem, not someone that brings a bunch of templates in their face. So think about how you can connect alignment with what you're doing to the outcomes you're helping the organization achieve. And I have an entire lesson dedicated to marketing and communications and building the brand of the PMO inside module five of my Impact Engine PMO training program. And when people first see that, they're like, what? I'm not some salesperson. And first of all, sales and marketing are totally different things. Second of all, marketing and brand building is about helping others understand and connect the services you provide to the solution your PMO creates. It's connecting a need with a solution. And part of your job is to make sure that the brand of the PMO is super clear for people. So when they think PMO, they don't think templates, tools, and process. They think my hero. They think someone that's helping them solve problems. So think about how you want to ensure that when people talk about the PMO, they're talking about it the way you want them talking about it, which is as a solution, as a strategic business partner, as someone that helps them achieve their outcomes, not someone that shoves templates, tools, and process in their faces. And if you don't own the story of the value that the PMO creates for your organization, they will. And it could be very inconsistent. Now, why is this such a big problem? Because if the way that they are talking about the PMO does not align with your actual business plan for what the PMO is supposed to do, it's not aligned with the services you create, then you're immediately going to be disappointing them because they see the PMO differently than what you are designed to do. So you've got to make sure that alignment is there. And that's why it's so important for you to own that message. Now, going back to that case where we have like the PMO of one or you're completely overwhelmed or you've got limited resources. One other thing that I want to have you thinking about is how can you engage those around you to magnify your impact? You want to create an army of impact makers. And that may sound silly, but I am super serious about that. You want to find ways to do more together than you can alone by collaborating with others in the organization. You should have a sponsor or a key stakeholder or partner that's supporting you from the executive ranks with your PMO. That could be your boss or a key stakeholder in the business that is receiving the benefits of your PMO. They can be incredible assets and allies for you when you're trying to remove barriers to get stuff done. The goal is to build relationships with others in the organization and make sure that you know who you can count on or call on when you need support with the PMO. 
You may also look into things like job rotations or part-time, if you can get somebody part of their time to help support your work. So I go into this much more inside that rescue program if you want to check that out. But in the meantime, I just want you thinking about even if you have a team, how can you build partnerships, relationships, do favors for other people so they'll do favors for you to help you expand your reach to not just the people that report to you, but to others in the organization that can help you maximize your impact. Okay, so there were five quick fix things that you can do, which of course you can dive much deeper into over time, but these are five places to start in thinking about how do we get our PMO back on track quickly if one of those mistakes I talked about in episode 69 have hit you hard, or if you just really want to elevate the perspective and the support you get from others in the organization with your PMO. So first, you can assess the organization for impact opportunities. You can leverage the portfolio to accelerate impact and show how the work you are doing as a PMO is directly tied to the outcomes the organization is achieving. You can make sure you shift to more of an outcome focus yourself so you're not shoving templates, tools, and processes at people. I'm not saying throw them out the window, but you can certainly minimize how much you're talking about them versus how much you're talking about the outcomes you're creating. You can build the brand of the PMO and own the marketing and messaging around what your PMO does and does not do. And this is a great place for you to align wins people are having with services the PMO has provided, and you can engage and delegate. Expand the reach and the impact your PMO makes in the organization by building strong relationships and partnering with others to get things done and be bigger than you are, especially if you've got limited funding or resources. Okay, I hope these were some great starter examples for you to be thinking about as you are building and running or rescuing your PMO. If you want to walk through this in my free masterclass, you can just go to pmostrategies.com forward slash rescue, and I'll walk you through this five steps with some more details on things you can do specifically. And we've got a nice workbook that goes with it where you can lay out some specific action steps you're gonna take that I outline in that training. So join me there, let me know what you think, and As you're starting to put these rescue tips in place, I want to hear your stories. I want to hear your feedback. And I want to know how you are getting your PMO back on track and accelerating the impact that your PMO can make. Because don't forget that project management is not the end game. It is simply the process that we use to drive business results. And the PMO is the engine that generates that impact for the organization. I'll see you there. Bye-bye for now. 